As the new year unfolds, make it a year of comfort and indulgence with Minky Couture. Wrap yourself in the lap of luxury with our exquisite blankets. Picture the cozy moments, the warmth of our premium materials, and the stylish designs that define Minky Couture. Welcome the new year with the ultimate in comfort and sophistication. January is your month to embrace luxury. Visit MinkyCouture.com or your nearest store today. Elevate your comfort, elevate your style with Minky Couture. Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Crypts of the Corn. I'm Justin. And I'm Jay. And this week, we are missing Emily, and we didn't do our magical introductions either. Uh, we are currently recording a YouTube video, too, so we're it's a little bit of technology overload. A little. But, Extremely. Uh, I'm shaking. But we're going way out west this time uh, to one of the U.S.'s most destructive natural disasters that we've had besides the hurricanes. Yeah, besides hurricanes. I think our hurricanes in the U.S. are probably about the worst. Yeah, before you said hurricanes, I was going to say it probably was the most, but no. No, I think it's right after hurricanes. Um, we've had some really, really bad hurricanes. Right. Um, so let's see. Before we get into that, though, we have a couple front of house things. Mm -hmm. uh, we have Patreon vi or episodes out. Uh, so join our Patreon if you'd like more content. Um, the stuff over there, some of it is a little more not PG. Yeah, it's a little more open. Uh, it's yeah, because it's less, it's a less rules and stuff like that. We have to follow and stuff. And you can hear Justin's wicked tongue. Speak. Oh yeah, I don't swear anywhere. Anyways, <laughs> no, he didn't say anything. <laughs> but uh, go to if you if that's something that interests you, we do have a Patreon option. And the cryptid we're about to cover on this episode was first introduced on, on Patreon. our latest yeah. Patreon episode. So if that don't tease you to get over there a little bit and check it out. Next, uh, front of house business, we do have t-shirts available. Uh, yes. The best way to get those as of now is just to get through with a Facebook. And, you know, that's that's pretty much the only option we have right now. Uh, maybe in the next couple months we may have a website and make it a little easier. But, you know, that's something we're just now starting to look into. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's no time frame on that. Um, and lastly, in World World News, a couple week or last week, we covered these strange uh, UFO lights that are being seen. The strings this, of lights. This is a big one. They're being seen over the U.S., Sweden, Africa. Uh, Ada. Yeah, Ada. They were seen. So it's a big, long, huge string of lights. Yes, and I don't know what this is. But... And once I seen what they are last night officially. And I feel stupid for not thinking about it. So it kind of disappoints me. It's not an atmospheric jelly. It's not. It's not even weird. Ah, dang it's it. It's new. Okay. And that's why nobody's really, that's why it freaked a lot of people out. Okay. Uh, do you want to, you have any guess? Um, is it anything like weather technology, like survey equipment? No. Okay. Is it, uh, 
have to do with Elon Musk or Tesla? Or yes. Any? Okay, so it's SpaceX stuff. Starlink. It's Starlink? Yeah. It's his train of satellites as they move. Hmm. They all get they hook up together to move more efficiently. I when, don't like this because they're big swaths of sat- small satellites. I'm not a fan. But that's why they oh, oh, tons and tons of little lights all in a big line. So what Starlink do? That's that kind of well. I do, I don't know. Okay, I'm not an expert. I know a part of it is to provide internet and stuff to areas that really need it. So they because the satellite array right now is kind of overhead of areas of higher. Uh, higher income, higher yeah. populations, and a lot of the air, other areas are just kind of avoided. If you look at the satellite map right now, there's big areas. So Starlink is kind of that net hmm. they can move to a new area. Because like he took one of them and moved them over to Ukraine so they could have support and stuff like hmm. that. So basically, it's a train of satellites. And then once they get to their area, they set up in position. So it's to provide like cell phone signal or for like internet signal? Internet. Internet signal. Hmm. Okay. I think doesn't Google like shoot up balloons like up in the oh, whoops, sorry. No, I just I'm I moved Jay's mic for him. Doesn't Google well if you watch on YouTube you can see him move my mic. <laughs> you can see how many times I inappropriately touched Jay during an episode. Well we they can't see what's going on under the table. Um <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't you got the vapors. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> the vapors. <laughs> um But yeah, so and then so basically, in the video I was watching, a guy was like, he he had it mapped, and he's like, okay, it's coming by at this time. And then they ran out of their house, and they're like, oh, it should be here. You know, oh, where's it? Where's it? And then it went right across. That's really? Predicted, yeah. And he's mm-hmm. like, okay. That's suspicious to me for some reason. I don't know. I just don't give me good vibes. It's, I'm not uh, saying human... anything about the technology, but that is what it is. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Or I believe you if that's what it is. It makes sense. Yeah. And I guess after, we should have like, thought of that initially. Because it... But yeah, because it's so long and thin. It's weird. It's, it's a band of satellites. Yeah, maybe he's tried to disguise it as a vertebrate cone jelly. He's like, oh, this will throw people off. And then there was something reason because you remember that one light's really far off behind. Yeah, yeah. There was I can't remember they they described why that was too, and I I forgot the reason. Hmm. But there is a reason. There's one that kind of trails back. Okay. But yeah, so basically that's the train of satellites. <sighs> Going to an area to set up. And I just, I thought I had my first atmospheric jelly sighting on camera. It was very cool. Was, I mean, it's, it was definitely, I mean, but it was seen all over the world. Right, yeah, that's what was weird. But yeah, so that's it for... Uh, Update. Updates. But yeah, so that was kind of a fun thing. Uh, well, you know, it sucks it was an atmospheric jellyfish, but that's what you got to look at this stuff. And if it has an actual explanation, you got to look at that and accept it. I mean, it just... If this never did, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it who would have kn- known? Yeah, and I think we'll be seeing them much more often in the night sky now. I think it's it's just more efficient way to move the satellites because it's using the same. I think it was using like almost the same amount of power to move like fifty of them as it was to move like three of them. Oh, uh, okay. So well, I mean, that makes that part makes sense because when you're linked up, I mm-hmm. guess you only have to move one; it's dragging the rest, right? Because right? you're not. You're in an orbit, so you're not really... You don't have to push a lot of power to move. Right, right. So what? When they land to their destination, do they spread out? Yeah, they net out. They do? Oh, it's so weird. I don't like this technology stuff. I'm not a fan. Not but a fan. But the Earth is covered in thousands of satellites already. Well, they all need to come down or get blasted off away. Leave us alone. A lot of them die. A lot of them come crashing back. Good. Good. It's like a lot of... like uh, It was a big thing in the... I think the 80s. 
was like news stations putting up their own satellites and stuff like that. So there was like thousands, there's thousands of space garbage up there. So you mean to tell me the local news station? No, I didn't say local. <laughs> okay. A news station yes. can pump a satellite up into space. You can. But we can't get back to the moon because we lost the technology? Uh, that's a that's a different talk. I'm just saying. Some things just don't add up in the world. And that lost tech... Okay, that's a different segment. That's a different trail. We'll talk about that later. All right. Apollo, whatever. They just don't want to go back. I know that. They didn't lose the technology. They just stopped caring, and the guys that made it retired. Hmm. Because they're old, and they're Nazis. Literally. They were. The guy that ran NASA... The first guy that ran NASA was a... Werner von Braun. Was an ex-Nazi. Yes. Project... Operation Paperclip. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So tangent. Yep. Big one. A little fun, weird old news. Did we already say what this uh, episode's going to... Nope. So, introduce us. So, where are we at in the world? Ooh, West Coast. West Coast. Well, west side of the United States. Okay. Not quite the coast. Okay. You want me to tell them specifics place? I mean, yes. Go ahead. All right. Mount St. Helens. What would ever have happened at Mount St. Helens? Well, a lot of hiking, a lot of sightseeing. A lot of fresh air breathing. Oh, oh, and the side of a mountain blowing up. I'm like, I don't think there's much fresh air. <laughs> well, not or, anymore. Or natural beauty over there. We're talking uh, pre. What's the date right here? Yeah, when did we're, when? What we're year talking. Was it? We're talking pre March 27th, 1980. Okay, I'm like, I knew it was a recent volcano explosion. Yeah, because it's. You ever seen the? Oh, I don't know if any of you guys out there have seen the. The videos or the still frames of Mount St. Helens as it was like mm-hmm. swelling and it, before it actually erupted, it's insane. The whole mountain swells out like a balloon. And mm. then before, have you ever seen those? Mm-mm. So they show like photographs of like you know this hour, this hour, this hour, and you can literally see the side of the mountain just like swelling out like a. It's, it's nuts because it's a it's a freaking mountain and, and swelling up like that. But then obviously the explosion happens. You see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen that video yeah. and stuff all the time. Do you know this guy that died with his cats there? Died with his cats there? Uh-huh. I'm sh- maybe, yeah. He had a cabin, and he refused to evacuate. Oh, really? And it was an older guy, and he had a bunch of cats, and he died with all of his cats. Well, I'm sure it was a quick death. I don't think it was. You don't think so? Uh, I'm sure his house caught fire first. Man. Well, I guess it depends on I where mean, he was. I mean, he was on top of the explosion. Yeah, I don't yeah, think he had to think about it much. He might have got it launched into it the next state. He's up there with that uh, manhole cover. Yeah, it's still there. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Did we talk about that on podcast? No, or? it's okay. We okay. won't. Patreon references. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to Patreon. To learn about the fastest man-made object ever. Ever. <laughs> All right. The creature we're going to discuss at Mount St. Helens. The sacred bat squatch. Oh, I want to say before we get into this, I hate the name. Bat squatch? Mm-hmm. Why do you hate it? Because it is not a Sasquatch-physiqued animal. Right, right. And, like, Sheep Squatch, I get that, because it kind of has the... Sheep? The, I don't think I've heard of Sheep Squatch yet. It's the same thing as the goat, man, just down oh, south. Okay. But it has a biped, you know, it's it's man-like. Uh, you know, these monsters that get Squatch added to them are right. Squatch-like. This creature's description is not a Sasquatch. It's nothing like a Sasquatch. It is... Bipedal, to an extent, kinda, because it is very bat. And you ever seen a? Sorry, I'm cutting into your. No, you're fine. 
I agree, and I, no, I agree with you. I was but, just going to say they kind of lumped that Sasquatch name with anything bipedal that yes. you don't know what it is. Yeah, I, and I don't care for that. Yeah. I love the cryptid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very unique story we're going to get into. Uh, I hate the name. It's like calling a horse a dog if it's got four feet. But, oh, that's gigantic that's dog. A, that, that's a riding dog. That's you know, that's a water dog. That's a right. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. But yeah, so it's like yes, it's that kind of thing. Because this thing, I mean, do you want to do a description real quick? So, yeah. Um, Just a basic description of appearance? Yep. Basic description. This creature is said to have yellow eyes, a dog-like muzzle, blue fur, shark teeth, bird-like feet, and leathery bat wings that span, allegedly, up to 50 feet. Um, it is said the bat squatch is to be 9 feet tall. And then has the ability to affect man-made objects, which we'll get into that. Yeah. So soon. as far as let's talk about the largest flying creature that we know about. Ooh, is it an albatross? No, not even close. Is that the largest flying bird? That's the largest flying. No, uh, California condor is. Oh, that's bigger than the albatross. Yes, by a, a good bit. The oh. albatross is the holds the record for longest flight without landing. Maybe that's what I I knew it was. Something. Albatross is up there too. They're giant. Too. Are they big gliders or something? Yeah. Okay. Thermal vent riders. Aha! Uh-huh. More specific. Yeah. So That's basically, hilarious. they ride the ocean currents, thermal vents, um, so they don't have to flap their wings. I don't know why that cracks me up. They're gliders, right? Yes. Well, thermal vent riders. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're not really gliding. Right. Kinda. Right. It's it's a different thing. Oh, that's hilarious. But Quetzalcoatlus was oh, a okay a prehistoric pterosaur that was named after the the Aztec god Quetzal Quetzalcoatl. Oh, yeah. Or um, Kukulkan is also yeah. another the feathered serpent. Yep. The plumed uh, feathered serpent. Yeah. But this was a pterosaur. Uh, so okay. the for everybody at home that don't know what a pterosaur is, the pterodactyls, you know, the flying reptiles that lived with the dinosaurs, that's that group. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest one of them was a 42-foot wingspan Whew. and 22-foot tall on the ground. What, but aren't, aren't those... Oh, go on, go on. They only weighed about 500 pounds. That's and craziness. They were very, very lightly built, um, and they took a lot to take off. Ooh, which actually brings me up to a question I had later, but okay. we'll discuss that after we... Okay. But I just want to say, so when you're talking about these seven foot tall, and I don't think this creature is very heavy, Str- strong is different, but I don't think it's very heavy. You're talking the Quetzal. No, I'm talking about Bat Squatch. Oh, I'm Bat... So okay. in comparison, Bat Squatch to the largest flying animal we know about that could fly, mm-hmm. um, it it's not out of the realm of possibility. Right. I don't think its wingspan was fifty feet. I think it was probably closer to like twenty five. With but, some of the uh, some of the thoughts and how they describe some of the encounters we're going to get into. But uh, uh, what's the biggest uh, flying creature right now? Currently, I guess bird. California condor, I believe, is sixteen feet. So like wingspan, but they're only like four foot tall standing. Okay. I can't remember the golden ratio. A lot of flying vertebrates, so animals with spines. Mm-hmm. Uh that fly, that actually fly, there's something called the golden ratio when it comes to wingspan length versus height of animal or yeah, weight right. of animal. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what that is off the top of my head. I don't, I'm not... I don't think it's the Fibonacci sequence, but I know you all, like, like human beings have the golden ratio, like, in their fingers There's all kinds of, yeah. Yeah, there's ratios in life it's, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's usually that one in specific when it comes, like, biological life. That's the one that repeats itself almost everywhere. But uh, I think it's, like, so a four-foot creature... The California condor, so what would that be? Uh, four times its height, 16 to 18 feet. 
four to five yeah. times its height. I wish I could remember. Something like that. But yeah, so a creature does need a lot of surface area. And it also depends on surface area and how active of a flyer the creature is. Whether so, it's an actual flapping creature or a thermal mostly, vent rider. Yeah, yeah, or mostly a glider or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it and how wide the wings are and how powerful the chest muscles are, which this we'll get into the bat squatch with it, but mm -hmm. it's definitely not a glider. No, definitely not. I would agree on that one. Uh, this from the descriptions and the more stories. Very, I mean, the, even the description sounds very much like a super-sized blue vampire bat. Yeah. Or a flying fox, even. Okay, okay. The long snout, the dog-like snout. Yeah, Flying yeah. foxes look very canid. Yep. That's true. Uh, are, are the flying foxes the big... Fruit eaters, yeah. Giant bats that yeah. you see, like... Six to seven foot wingspan. Yeah. And they're, like, three feet tall, maybe. Yeah. They, uh, the red flying foxes can't get very large. Yeah. They're very friendly, uh, but you can... There's uh, you got to be really careful with them. Uh, they they do carry pathogens that can hop to human. Never Not, heard that before. I mean, nothing with modern stuff. I'm just saying, I know, like... I know, The ones at zoos <laughs> and stuff are tested pretty regularly. Yeah. Because they're good animals, uh, what we consider animal ambassadors. Okay. Uh, they have, you know, these really cool, unique wildlife. It's pretty friendly. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's very rare for them to be aggressive towards people. Gotcha, yeah. They make not good pets, good animal ambassadors. What? Well, they can go into the public and you know roughly how they're going to react. React, to yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine owning one of those, though, as a pet. I know a couple. It's not in Ohio, but I know a couple people in Florida that have them as pets, and they just take <sighs> large space. I bet. They're not hard to keep. But it's just be so but creepy space. and creepy <laughs> seeing that thing hanging upside down, you know? Yeah. I, w I don't know. I mean, right. get used to it, but. So we've had a 16-minute tangent. That's all right. But we snuck our biology lesson in early. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so the Basquatch, we'll get just get to the. The first initial sighting. So, yeah. And this so, is what's going to open up all the questions about what this thing is, where it came from, all, well, what happened, everything in between. Were you going to go in what happened right before? This literally... So, the sightings start right after the volcano erupts. Correct, yeah. So, yeah. I think that's important for the story. Yeah, that's that. what I was going to start with. Yeah, okay. Sorry. No, that's okay. So, yeah. The first sighting was allegedly seen near Mount St. Helens in the 1980s, right after the Mount St. Helens had erupted. And someone had reportedly seen it flying. I don't know if they seen it actually flying out from the mountain, you know, or just around the mountain. But from the smoke and ash and debris, they seen a creature come from mm -hmm. flying through the air. And that's where, you know, a giant leathery winged creature up in the sky flying. Humanoid-ish looking, mm -hmm. which is where it probably got the name initially, Batsquatch. Because it's Batsquatch or Sasquatch with wings. I, I mean... It's not hard to make that leap. I when mean, it's... you see the pictures, people really put wings on a Sasquatch, and that is not what this creature looked right. like. Right. But I don't know how high in the air the guy I actually know. saw it. I'm just it. saying I don't like the drawings of, like... Right, yeah, yeah. Because it looked like a big bat. It, it really, it's very bat. It's a bat. Yeah, yeah. It's just a bat. And It's a large bat, don't get me wrong. Which maybe Squatch is just preferred nomenclature for big that's it's just like... I just don't like the name. <laughs> I know. Because people draw as a Bigfoot with wings. <laughs> right, and that yeah. that is not what it was. Uh-uh. So let's make that clear. Get that picture in red. It's not a Bigfoot. Or in our professional podcast opinion, this is not, not a Bigfoot with wings. With wings. Yes. This is a large bat-like animal. Yes. Um, it said, uh, from what I got from the cryptid wiki, where it got its name, it says it, remember, it resembles a flying primate similar to the Ahul, I'm just going to guess. Yep. The, the uh, orange bati. 
the Ahuul, I believe, is either Madagascar. I think that's the Madagascar one. Okay. And that's it's the just, gi- and the, giant flying bat. Okay. And then and the orange batie, it says a Southeast Asia. I don't know where I don't know about that one. I know the Ahu. Uh I think that's Madagascar or Asia. Somewhere over there. But it's another giant flying bat. Okay. And that's the one I believe has the glowing uh the bioluminescent stomach. Bioluminescent blah, 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 I can't even say it. Bioluminescent stomach? Yeah. Like their gut glows? Their belly. Not the the flesh on their on their stomach, not their guts. Okay, just the flesh, but mm-hmm. still, just the flesh on their stomach glows. Yeah, there's a reason. But go on. Okay, okay. Uh, of course there is, and I know you know it. All it's, right, it's for fishing. <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay, um, we already gave the description. Actually, I kind of want to go over the description again. But that, so that was the first initial starting sighting. That's what kind of started. I guess everything. Uh, maybe that was the first recorded sighting. I guess that's what put it into the zeitgeist. Can we put it say it that way? Yeah, that was it. Uh, it had been seen a couple times flying, mm-hmm. and people keep in mind there was nobody there. Mm-hmm. Right on Mount St. Helens. Yeah. So the people that were there were mostly professionals to see what they could salvage. Okay. Uh, so there was no, there was no residents at this time. You know. For miles, you know, I think it's like a 50-mile radius. Oh, okay. So, when the people that seen it, the only reason it probably wasn't seen more often, because there's no forest left. Right, yeah, it was decimated. Yeah, so the only reason it wasn't seen more often is because there were so few people in there. And we'll get into it, but like logging specialists and stuff like that, to see what they could salvage. Mm-hmm. Because this was uh, considered a total lost habitat. Mm-hmm. So they were just going to see what money they could get back. And I know a lot of the money went back into Restoration Acts and stuff like that. Oh, well, that's good at least. But yeah, it was, I mean, that's really what they went in to do was just see what, what was, if there's anything worth trying to save before we just. Right. Yeah. Just going in there and, and bulldozing. Clear, you know, clear everything out. Yeah. They got to get rid of all the ash. The ash is mostly glass and diamond fragments. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that's why if, you, if a volcano blows up, most of the animals that are most th- living things that die around it die because they breathe in the that, ash. Yeah. Because it yeah. shreds your lungs. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard that before. Well, that would explain quite a few things. Like in past, presence, things dying, dying off mm-hmm. quickly. I mean, we have a lot of dinosaurs that had lung, or, or diamond dust in their lungs. Ooh, diamond dust. That's a wrestling reference, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> Continue. <laughs> all right, all right. Um... All right, I was going to ask you a couple... Actually, let's save that for the end. Okay. So we got another uh, sighting. Uh, let's see here. The 1994... I got uh, Fiasco is what this one's labeled. I got this so from... So this uh, is... Helen's went off in 80, right? Yep, in 1980. And this is 94. So this is 14 years later. Okay. Um, this is uh, Washington Pierce County. Uh, a guy named Brian Canfield was driving. Um, he was driving his car, and suddenly his car had stalled. Canfield smacked the thing a bit, got out, and propped up the hood. He looked inside when suddenly, bam, something landed on top of his car. The vehicle's suspension squirmed and buckled. Canfield, the hood blocking his view, swallowed and took a deep breath and did and did like a lemur. Oh, wait. And did like a lemur? Hmm. He took a quick pick, peek above the metal rim of his car, scratching at his chassis, snarling and looking like it wanted the fight. The bat squatch stood. So this guy is so yeah. So so supposedly his car breaks down. Well, here, can I add something to that? Yes, because yes. this is what happened. He was actually a logging specialist. Okay, and like we mentioned earlier, that there was a lot of guys in this area, and the reason his car and I've seen this mis 
portrayed in other stories. T- but the reason his car had stopped is the carburetor was plugged due to all the ash. So basically, constantly, these guys were used to it. Mm-hmm. These guys that were all out there would go about 15 miles and have to, their car would die because it'd stall out. Yeah. They have to get out, take their air filter out, knock it off, like knock the dust out of it, and then put it back in and re-go. Yeah. So he wasn't, he knew what was happening right. when he got out. He wasn't, you know, he, he went right to the problem because yeah, this was a common thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's continue. What, with. That's, I mean, I think we mentioned that earlier when I said... uh has the effect, ability to affect right. man-made objects. That's something that I think, is not, to me, true. Right. I think that's what you were just alleging, too. They kind of took that and ran with that, yeah, that like ability? They, yeah. But, or it's more of a coincidence you as could, cars broken most down. People, yeah, most people in this area at this time could not drive through the, the park without 15 miles. Yeah. That's pretty much all you had. Uh, and it, like you just couldn't go any further because you literally your car wasn't getting air anymore, your truck wasn't getting air anymore. That's because the bat squatch is breathing uh, diamond dust into the. He's b- blowing it right into your car, forcing it to shut down, or he's just giant backwaters just dropping from the sky and plugging up your engine. There you know. go. Yeah. So sorry. <laughs> Continue. So the guy sees the bat squatch yeah. on top of his truck, scratching at it lands on top of the car that would be um it's right a oh, brown my. pants moment brown pants that's uh i don't know you might get in the red i'd be so scared <laughs> papa hernia yeah. um so i've always, i've heard the story the guy was under he went under his truck yeah so he dives under Yes. Uh, this is a story I know very well. This is one of my favorites. And he's... I'm going to try to tell it to you so you okay. can tell me I'm, And the Squatch is reaching over the side of the car. Squatch, so, the bat Squatch. Sorry. Imagine a truck. I know this is hard for people at home because you got to... Use your imagination. He's on top of the cab of the truck. Yeah. Uh, what's his name again? Campbell? Brian Canfield. Canfield. Dives underneath his truck because he's just instantly terrified of this thing. As I would be too. I, I mean, it's, it's very canid bat looking. Big teeth, long snout. And wings, mad. So he dives under. All bats under. do. All bats do. Yeah, I mean they—they're. I love bats. Don't get me wrong. They just look. But they mad. don't look friendly. No. <laughs> but uh, bats are good creatures. But they just don't have the greatest appearance for humans. So he dives under this truck. So this thing's staying on top of the cab, and it's trying. So bats have their hands about halfway on their wings because their wings. The last two parts of their wing is actually their two lowest fingers. Fingers, yes, I knew that. So the three, they have th- their hands are actually these three little fingers. Uh, what would be not their thumb? They don't have a thumb, but their three fingers and then two are actually the wing. So its hands, it's staying on top of the cab, trying to do this almost crab type thing to get him out from underneath the cab. Yeah. But it can't bend its arms like that because they're wings. Right. So it can't get to him as of right now. So he just grabbing at him, grabbing him, scratching the truck, scratching the truck. And it's dark. It's pitch black out. And, you know, so he's just, I mean, what do you do? Crap yourself. And so it then hops down off the truck and starts sniffing and snarling at him. And then it, it, it through the night, it would kept acting like he was, he was out there all night. Mm-hmm. It acted like he was walking away and it would leave. And then he'd come back? And then he would throw something and it'd land out of a tree. Thump. Jeez. And... So it was, like, ready for him every yeah. time. Every time he was, like, going to throw. And then he finally, like, he stopped and he wouldn't hear the breathing. He did have a flashlight because he was using that to work on the truck. And then he'd shine it through the tree line. And then he'd just see it standing there in the tree line. Yeah. Just waiting for him to come out. 
very man. I mean, very apex predatory. Yeah, like it sounds like it. It was like act like it would leave. Yeah, so it's trying to trick him. Yeah, it's intelligent enough it was, to do that. It's, and so finally, uh, next morning comes and he waits a couple hours into the daylight. So he does not get out of this thing. Finally, he's like, he's throwing a couple rocks as it come out. It's daylight, and he's like, okay, I think I can get into the car fast. I'm done. I can see what I'm doing. He hops out really fast, gets in the car, just beats butt into the nearest town. Mm-hmm. He goes in, and he's telling everybody. Nobody believes this guy. They're all like, you know, he's just crazy or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But there was one witness of the guy, of, of uh, Camfield, coming into this. Uh, it was basically like a general store kind of deal. Yeah. Because it was like a restaurant, gas station, and supermarket because the town was so small. Small, yes. So he comes in. The one witness of of seeing Canfield come in and tell the story said the only thing that was weird about him was that he's covered in ash, obviously. He laid in it all night. Right. But he had three scratch marks through his jacket yeah. on his back. And Canfield said that he felt something as he was going diving under the car. And he didn't realize it, but it just had missed him. Yeah. It almost got him. That's, I mean, just... That's scary. I mean, it's terrifying. I love yeah. the story because it's like, this guy just got away. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, literally, <laughs> the march to prove it just I mean, got away. And yeah, and then he I, uh, he quit his job and everything. He never went back out there, obviously. Yeah. I mean, why would you? I was going to say, would you? Yeah. So do you have the camp encounter? Uh, and 2009, the Mount Shasta story? Is that the 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 church not the church camp but like the kids camp? Um, I don't think so. This is so I'll tell the camp encounter real quick. Okay, okay. Because this happened relatively the same. I think the same summer. I think the summer ninety four. Oh, okay. Then no, this is not. Or, I don't have that. No, this happened earlier. Uh oh, even before this. Yeah, this happened eighty four. So right after this is about fifty or sixty miles away. There was still forest. Okay. Uh, so one of the famous camps, and I can't think of the name of the camp. Because I didn't do any research on this. So this is just telling a story. Yeah. But uh, this is like a... Uh, I don't know if anybody's listening, anybody at home, anybody on YouTube has gone to like a church camp or anything like that as a kid. Uh, you know, you got cabins and counselors and all that right, stuff. Right, right, right. But um, there was a lot of wildlife displaced. So this camp was on the... Like 10 miles off the edge of the destroyed forest and de- still good the des- forest. The destructive zone? Yeah. So they had tons of black bears this summer. Okay. Uh, more than more than usual and stuff like that. So they were getting in the trash and stuff like that. These animals are in rough shape. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's hard when you have such a wide area of displacement mm-hmm. that didn't just kill the animal. You know, it pushes them away. Uh, so they were used to the camp seeing stuff in the windows and stuff like that. You know, black bears are relatively harmless to people. Right. Uh, they don't, you know, they don't view us as food so like as us as a prey item or nothing like, you know, just they'll they it can easily hurt you just like a dog can. But they're not trying to hunt they're you down. They're not. Yeah, it's not a black bear's nature. Right. Uh, so the counselors were okay. As long as you're in the cabin at night, you know, you see a black bear in your window, just ignore it. So this one cabin, and I can't remember. So let's say there's cabin A, B, C, D, and F. So cabin A is closest to. The camp, the, the the front of the camp, and the counselors' cabins and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cabin F is all the way the furthest away. Woods. Okay. So, the campers in cabin F start reporting they see a, a a monster outside their window at night. It just stares in the windows all night. That's nice. 
So, and the counselor's like, hey, well, you move into cabin E, or from F to E, right? A, B, C, D, E, e F. F. Yeah. Correct. I'm moving backwards now. And then this happened a couple nights. So, basically, they had everybody in A, B, and C. Okay. And they're like, okay, well, they're at max capacity and whatever, and they just can't do it anymore. And these kids are freaked out. It just stares at them, whatever this creature is. And so finally, one of the cam- ca- our counselors stays in the cabin with the kids. And they're like, it's out the window, it's out the window. And he's like, oh, okay. And he looks, and there's this nine-foot-tall dog-like bat monster standing in the woods line, just staring at them, right in the tree line, just staring hmm. at the cabin. Yeah. Not blinking, just staring in. And it freaks him out, and it runs off. Uh, well, he because he turns on all the lights and stuff like that, so then it kind of just disappears. It disappears. It backs off. You know? Yeah. Once it knows it's seen, it just moves. And that's very apex predatory. Yeah. Once your cover's blown, you you got to skedaddle. Right. Yeah. So a group of uh, counselors that wasn't the counselor that seen it that night, he didn't want to go in the woods, but a group of counselors said it's just a black bear. Yeah. And so they go out and they camp in a tent. To prove to the campers that it's, you know, it's just a black bear. Yeah. Uh, they get, it's I think it's three camp, uh, counselors in this one tent. Well, they hear this thing start walking around the tent. Okay. And it's really weird. It's a really weird foot pattern. Because there's two bigger thumps and then two lighter thumps. Okay. And it starts <laughs> around the tent, pushing... And the one counselor described it. You could see the snout pushing into the fabric, and it goes <laughs> breathing real deep. You yeah. Know? And then they're like, they're you know they're frozen, and this is when they start realizing it's not a bear because it's standing over top of the tent. Yeah. Pushing its snout in. Yeah. And sniffing, so they're dead silent. And then there's a mighty gust of wind, and it's just windy like crazy, and they don't know what's happening. And then teeth pierce the top of the tent. And it tries to start picking up the tent. Whatever it is, it's flying over them. Yeah. Trying to pick up the tent off pull- the ground. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with its teeth. And they're freaking out. They start screaming. They turn on their flashlight, shine it, everything stops. Wow. And they wait till morning and they leave. And then they actually close the camp down for the summer. Wow. And if you notice that common thread of that story is it can't handle the light. Right, yeah, yeah. And that seems to be the... The, the, the kicker. Common denominator, when, I guess. Uh, when the lights get flipped on the cabinet leaves, when they start shining, the flashlight's gone. Very sensitive, it seems, to light sources. Hmm. Which, for nocturnal bats, does make sense. There are dayurnal bats. And for uh, demonic creatures, it makes sense. Yes. But, uh, if we want to get into that. but uh, So that's my other favorite bat squatch story. Oh, that's a good it's one. It's the guy with the truck and then the camp. Um, shoot, yeah, my other ones are just like little short blurbs no, about go ahead. things they saw. It just, those are, yeah. And I mean, that's important. And that's a story. Right. Yeah, true. You know. True, true, true. Well, that's, well, here, yeah. Um, oh, that's an awesome story. Not going to lie. I, I, I love, would, I love the Bat Squatch. I crap my pants if that was happening to me. But it's just, it's a very, like, one of these counselors are just like, it's just a bear. Right. Until. She's, she's like, I've lived here my whole life. It's just a bear. Until it's trying to take him off. And then it's not a bear. That kind of reminds me of the story. I'm just tangent big time, but when we were in elementary school, we'd have the substitute teacher and he'd come in and he'd always tell us, you know, if you're real good, I'll tell you a story at the end of the class. And we all, like, that's all we cared about. He's the t- best storyteller. I think I know the substitute. Okay. Yeah, you probably do. And uh, he was telling us about this story about this little kid who was, when they'd lay in bed, um, 
I thought a witch was in their room blowing on their face. They go to when they lay in bed, um, they look and pitch black in the room and it feel like a cool breeze blowing down their face. And they thought it was a witch, like over them. And it happened the one night. He got up out of bed and he told his mom, his mom, you know, you can stay in here tonight, but it's nothing going on. So then the next night, um, I forget, like, the boy was always scared. He was one of the, like, you know, you turn off the light and you hurry up and run and jump in the bed so nothing reaches from under the bed and mm-hmm. gets your feet. It was one of those stories. And so that's what he would do. He'd pull the, I think he said he would always run and jump and pull the light switch as he's jumping in the bed. So he'd lay on the bed as the lights were turned off. But he said he always this, he was having this witch blow in his face. So one night, he jumped in the bed and he hung on to the thing and pulled the light switch, but he hung on to it and he laid there. And he waited and he felt the breeze blowing in his face again so then he pulled the light real quick and he said it was a bat flying around his room right above oh. him and it was blowing the wind in his face and that scared him even more he got up and ran to his mom's room i love bats <laughs> right they're good animals yeah they, they are very good for the environment and every bat in ohio is endangered really every species not the ones in my brother's uh no they're rough all, uh or is whitier yeah. they're what whitier it's a fungus that grows that causes their ears to turn white Okay. The problem is it wakes them up during hibernation and they starve to death. Oh, okay. So there's whole bat colonies just like 10,000 bats just die overnight. Well, there's like 10,000 in well, That's why mosquitoes night. have been getting so bad. Ah. It's because there's no big, there's no big more, there, there's no big bat colonies left in Ohio. We need them back. Yeah, we do. I mean, there's literally, I have a friend that is, that's all she does for a living. Really? She has a refrigerator, she has about 10 refrigerators in her garage full of bats all winter. Oh, she keeps them in there? Yeah, to hibernate. hibernate. Wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I'd hate to open... I'm looking for a beer and you pull open that fridge. I can't say who it is, but... No, I'm just saying. She may have beer in there with them. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, they sleep pretty good. Oh, okay. So that would be kind of a rude way. <laughs> Close the door real quick. But yeah, like, I, I believe it's still... There may not be... There may be one species that's not endangered in Ohio, but I believe most bat species in Ohio... Interesting. ...are at least threatened. Didn't know that. Yeah, because it's, it's a bad thing. In the Midwest, a lot of our bats are dead. Man... It's probably all the five G and stuff. It's that fungus, and fungus. I mean, it's. I mean, they probably uh, it's it's propagated through humans. Uh, so it's well, we just, probably created it to begin with. They've. I think they've had it for a long, long time. But it's one of those funguses that have really done well with people. Hmm. hmm. But uh, so to the next bat squatch. Bat squatch story. Here's. I'll rename this creature by the end. Oh, a good idea. That'll be your goal by the end mm-hmm. of this episode. Um. So more sightings. In 2009, near Mount Shasta in California, there were several hikers witnessed a huge creature with leather wings fly out of a crevice in the mountain. The creature was either the dreaded bat squatch or a pterodactyl slash thunderbird. Descriptions vary. So that's just one little sighting they've seen. Another sighting was in 2011. A man was walking his dog. Um, He went to pick the dog up when he saw something flying in the sky. And his quote, he said, I saw something flying... Saw something flying high. It had bat wings, blue fur, and a face similar to eyes glowing red. It was about nine feet tall. At least after I watched it, just fl- it af- at least after I watched it, just flew away. Mm-hmm. So once again, we get the blue fur thing. Yeah, the blue fur. That's a com- that's a weird uh, but, coincidence. Mm, I may have something for you for that. Oh, okay. And then the last little sighting I have is on April fourteenth, two twenty fourteen. Oh wow. Um. At Archbishop Hoban High School in Akron, Ohio, so locally, a class witnessed a giant black mass zoom by the window of their homeroom at flash-like speed. Um, the phenomenon 
and that's all they saw. It's just see that doesn't seem bat squatchy to me. What is this? Oh, I see what I know what you're saying. It might because be. it's not near anything the bat squatch is known to be near. Correct. And but it's only about eighty miles away from somewhere else. Let's just get into it right now. Okay. It could possibly be. Well, that sounds like the Mothman. Mothman, exactly. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of. Oh, there's actually not a lot of similarities and a lot of similarities with the Mothman. Yeah. And Bat Squatch. Yeah. Mothman. I don't. Once again, another misnamed thing. Mothman. Yeah. You know what the Mothman's original name was? Um, Gary. <laughs> no, Batman. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, Batman. Okay. I'm not even joking. No, I believe that. But they that. changed it because of the comic book character. Right. Too much. Probably some copyright. But... It was just nobody understood what the articles articles were about. That, uh makes sense. So he changed it to Mothman. Makes a lot more sense. But the Mothman's original name was the Batman. Batman. Hmm. I wonder why people aren't drawing connections to Bat Squatch and Mothman. Because the names. But I mean, it's it really is. It's because you don't think about it. Right. True. Yeah, you don't at all. Was that but intentional? No, no, I don't think so. I just think it's because it was originally called the Batman, but it just, it just mm. you know, they changed it because it was just didn't make any sense. But why not call it the Bat Squatch Mothman or anything like that? Because I think they Art had a blue. lot more uh, actual, like, just eyewitness. Yeah, and seen it was a bat. Mm, okay. I don't think they're the same thing. They do have a lot of similarities, but I don't think they're the same thing. The Mothman is very much described... As more owl-like. Oh, okay. Uh, with the round, flat head, uh, the big, giant eyes, which this thing does. This thing has a very canid head. Yeah. Uh, the Mothman had a very much bird-like head without the beak. Okay. The big, flat, wide head. Yeah, and stuff makes like sense. That. They're yeah. not the same creature, in my opinion. Kind of like a big insect, even, yeah. they would have. And more, more mothy shaped Yeah. Or owly shaped You know, I think the Mothman really fits like an owl, as in shape, and how it, you know, how it moved around. That makes sense. Uh, but, yeah, no, they do, like, that Akron one is definitely a Mothman sighting, not a Bat Squatch sighting. Hmm. But it just matters what thing you know about. Exactly, yeah. Because, like I said, it was just a... Big they flying saw creature. Big, yes, exactly. What else are you going to think it is? Or lump it in mm-hmm. with? So, as far as... I know you have questions for me. or I do. Or topics to talk about. But before we get into that, maybe... As far as the stories go and the actual Mount St. Helens eruption and stuff, I love the Bat Squatch. The Bat Squatch is a, I'm going to say it's a B-level cryptid, as in far as popularity. Okay. A lot of people know about it. Yeah. It's not one of the big guys. I wasn't really that aware of it until, but it, a lot like, of people, just recently. But a lot of people do know about it. Right, it is, yeah. It is fairly popular. It's, uh, but it's not, you know, it's not Bigfoot. It's not the Dogman. Right. It's not Nessie. Not, yep. You know, it's so those are the A level guys. It's not Single Sam. No, Single Sam's probably about an F. We're gonna make him an A. I'm working on it. Yeah, yeah, I talk about him a lot. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's like the Fresno Nightcrawlers. You know, it does yeah, have yeah. a fan base where people, and generally enjoy the story and the creature. I do think it was real. I I agree. I think so too. I think it would eat you. Agri- I think yeah. if it got the chance, it would eat you. I think it was trying to. I think it was trying to really get that guy. Yeah. I think it did eat people. Either that or he had some, like, I think fruit though, in his pockets. I think it, it was very needed. hungry. Yeah. And we'll talk about that. I think you have a question about that later of why maybe it happened after the volcano erupted. Yeah. I mean, all sorts of questions, theories. Yeah, to- and... you know, topics. Right. So go ahead with your first. Well, first, I had questions about its description. 
And you mentioned the blue fur earlier. So there is. Do you want me to go into that? Yeah, explain. There is a fungus that cause that causes fur to turn blue. Ah, of course. Guess where it's found? In caves. Yep. Aha. Uh-huh. So I think I believe this might be a cave creature. It definitely. I. It definitely is. It was not made for the surface world. It doesn't seem. It does. At least right. mostly. I do think it mostly lived in caves. It could have came in and out and hunted in the forest for small game. Like at night and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh. But I, you know, I, the blue fur, there is a fungus that can cause hmm. a blue dye to form. Interesting. Because blue doesn't normally occur. In nature. It's very, very, very rare. Very rare. Yeah. Very. Uh, there's no food that's blue. Blueberries are purple. Purple. Yep. Yep. Um, I think George Carlin said that once. What's blue? What's blue? Where do you get blue from? Where's it come from? Yeah. There's no, there's <laughs> no, blue is extremely rare in nature. Right. Yeah. Um, Comes from the sky. It's most creatures can't pick up on blue. Okay. Uh, so even as like warnings, like you see really toxic animals, mm-hmm. they don't use a lot of blue. Okay. They use purple. They use yellow. They use red. Did you ever see that guy that turned blue? Yeah, there yeah, there is a couple diseases he, that can cause people to turn blue and green. Yeah. He like ate silver or something. Yeah. Silver will turn you blue. Copper will turn you green. Cool. Oh, like they're oxidizing. Mm-hmm. Ooh. But yeah, so I we I do believe what happened in this in when Mount St Helens did erupt. It did crack open a couple cave systems. Yeah, that's what I was And old imagining. lava tubes. Oh, okay. There's a bunch. Mount St. Helens area has all kinds of dried lava tubes. So I'm wondering, like, if this creature was alive underground and if it had wings, if it's this big, there's got to be vast areas where it's flying through. That, and... Or it does leave the cave like a bat would. Right, yeah. And I do think that's a good possibility, too, that it was actually active outside the cave system. Mm-hmm. But I think why it became so aggressive... Is because it lost its, in it's, its habitat, yeah. basically. It was starving, probably. Mm-hmm. All the small game had disappeared. I, that's mostly what I think it was feeding on. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, so it was trying to tackle bigger prey that really wasn't adapt to. Yeah. Like, you would have grabbed that guy. It it still would have been in trouble. Bats, if it is a bat, let's say it truly is some kind of bat. Yeah. Uh, Onyx is the biggest bat species we know about uh, in the fossil record. And okay. they're like five foot tall. Okay. Uh, it was a giant bat. So that's man size. There's man sized bats have existed. Okay. Uh, it would still have been in trouble. That guy could have got away. Uh, their bones are very lightly built. Anything that flies yeah, is pretty much be. pretty lightly built. Uh, so I think this thing was in a, in a lot of trouble. I, uh, like hungry and stuff. So it was, it was eyeing up bigger targets than it would normally ever eye up. It's pretty much old world got destroyed and it had yeah. it. Everything was like yeah, that. I mean, like the, the like the camp story, the bears were going nuts. Right, yeah. The bears were going to areas they shouldn't have been. The towns in the area after the destruction zone you had pushed bears out. all over the towns. Because mm-hmm. they didn't know, they were hungry. Right, yeah. A hungry animal is a very different creature. I mean, they'll do then stuff. Then it's natural reaction yeah. stuff. They'll yeah. do stuff that you won't expect because they're starving. Um, Have you ever seen, um, what's it called, a human being female when they're hungry? Mm-hmm. Whole different creature. One's texting me right now. Uh, oh, entirely different species. Mm-hmm. I just turned my phone off. That's the only thing you can do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> so that's what I do believe it was a cr- cave creature. I don't. Th- I don't think it was locked into the cave system. Right. Because uh, it still seemed pretty adept for like, like large it knew what it was space. doing. Yeah. It was you know it knew what it was doing. But I think the uh, volcano blow it up could have closed off the rest of its cave system it was living in. 
yeah. could have, you know, he could have changed the environment down there completely. That's that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. It was definitely from down there, and who knows how many cave systems there are. There's tons. I, we, I mean, we don't even know. Yeah, there's and tons. How deep they go, we mm-hmm. don't know. But I'm that's where I'm thinking it came from. Got pushed out. Mm-hmm. It must have known something was happening too. Uh, it, the rumbling. Right. Like, uh, they actually use catfish in Japan to predict earthquakes. Oh my gosh. Not even joking. I believe it. It's the most, it, they sense it more than our technology ever does. There's one they have that's like a 80 year old catfish and what's he's it, the best. What's it do? Uh, so basically these, I can't remember the species of catfish. They're really, really lazy, mm-hmm. but they get super agitated when the, uh, low frequencies that the earth creates before an earthquake. So, so it could be anywhere in the earth, basically? No, it's it's local. Locally? Okay. And so they have like a bunch of tanks of these catfish. And if they start going nuts. Yeah. It's... But there's one, so not all the catfish are as accurate as all the other catfish, but there's one that's an, uh, it's old and it's like, it's not an albino, but it's really, really white mm-hmm. for the species. And it's the best one. Yeah, of course it is. And it looks like an old sensei. Right. Yeah. It's With got the these mustache mm-hmm. whiskers and. And he's well taken care of. That's and awesome. He's predicted. I can't remember how many earthquakes and, and tsunamis. I did not know this. That's so awesome. Oh yeah, you kind of have to if you're in Japan. Mm-hmm. You better be knowing what's. They're living right on a fault. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Active. One of the most active in the world. And right by the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, that's nuts. So, what's your next topic? Uh, well, I was going to ask you. You kind of le- You kind of went into it a little bit. I was going to ask you. Uh, weight proportions in bat wings. Mm-hmm. Like, is so, it possible for a a creature, I guess, to be that big? So if it was, let's say, seven foot tall. I know everybody says nine foot. Yeah, I don't think it was nine foot. Right. I think it was seven foot from the stuff I've read on the bat squatch and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know humans are really bad judges of size. Right. Especially when we're scared. And especially when the bigger it is, it's even it seems like the bigger it is the more exaggerated off, yes, it gets you're yes because it just looks so i'm gonna say if it's some foot tall probably a 20 to 25 foot wingspan uh so we look at it standing on a truck cab and reaching the ground from it being standing that's about 10 foot and that's half its wing yeah so i'm gonna say it's probably about 20 to 25 foot wingspan that is possible yeah, if if it's, yeah. if it's even laying down on a truck, that's even shorter. Like, it's it, very possible. Yeah, so I'm going to say each wing was probably anywhere from... Each wing itself was anywhere between, you know, 10 to 15 foot. So mm-hmm. probably 20 to 30 foot wingspan. Yeah. Uh, probably on the shorter end. Bats... In, it, the one description said it was super muscular. I don't right. think we got into that, but it... Bats are power flyers. Yeah. Is what they are. Um, they're constantly flying. They have to. They yeah. don't do any... Flying foxes are the only ones that kind of do a gliding kind of motion. Yeah. And they're not very good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, bats are just, they have to be power. Man- they're, they're mammals, so they're better at it. They're flappers. But, um, yeah, so a seven-foot creature with a 20, 25-foot wingspan, he probably would only weigh 180 pounds, we 190 know, pounds. We know any bat experts that we could... Uh... I can ask her, but... <laughs> Um, most she does mostly little brown bats, uh-huh, so you okay. fit about eight of them in your hand. Yeah, that's a, how big can this? It, it's had a twenty foot wingspan. How much would it weigh? Right. Yeah, you should probably know. Probably she'd know. Be like, oh, that's a lot of math. Yeah, I don't think I can put that in my freezer. <laughs> no, it's a, a meat locker. Or, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a possibility. I mean, like we talked about with uh, Quetzalcoatlus, uh, true, the flying pterosaur. There was flying creatures that were much bigger. So yeah, it, it's bone. Whatever it was, its bones I mean, had to be. You know, bats are like that. Bats yeah. already like that. You can. You mean the bats? Even a large bat, you can break pretty easy. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. That's interesting. I, I just don't know. So I, not, I don't know anything about that. the realm of scientific possibility. possibility. Correct. Uh, I have another. Yes. We, we kind of covered the Mothman because I was going to ask if you think there's a connection between the two, but yeah. we kind of already covered that. I don't think there is. Uh, the Mothman, this had a very, very different description. And the Mothman mm-hmm. had a lot of good sightings. Yeah, yeah. A lot of close sightings to have a really accurate description. That were similar enough to yeah. where. But then same with the Basquatch had a couple really good close sightings. To where I can I comfortably say they're most likely not the same creature right. or same family or anything like that. I think they're very different. I'd agree with that. The only similarities is it's a flying, flying creature, flying I mean, black creature. Yeah, blue. One's blue. One's One, black. True. Yeah, that's right. The blue. That's so crazy. Of course, there's something that would turn a bats for blue. Yeah, I don't of know course... if they've been reported in bats, but there are things. Oh, that, oh, there, okay. There are funguses that can cause like a uh, fur and skin pigment to turn blue. Yeah, in caves. Hmm. We might have to look in it. I can't remember the one, but uh, one Native American tribe uses it as a dye. Oh, okay. I'm going to look it up, though, see if there is a blue bat. We're going to find it after this. Okay. We need See, Emily, you need to be here to be mm-hmm. on the computer at hand when we got these questions. The She's universe needs the answer. Good today. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's, a, here's a question now. Mm-hmm. Do you think it could be a lower dimensional creature slash demon? No. You don't think so? This is very... What if? What if? Okay. The dis- the explosion of Mount St. Helens. Mm-hmm. I think I I read it somewhere. It was like the equivalent of a uh, the atomic bomb, like plus some going off. Which bomb? Uh, I thought they said atomic. What? Yeah, atomics are the smaller ones. Yeah, it not like the hydrogen bomb or no, that blew up. Not that, but like it was like an atomic bomb. It's yeah, like I, it was a small. I, I like I've 6% seen that percent even more powerful than that than a small one. Yeah, 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 yeah. The small. Yeah, one. it's a small one. It's it leveled fifty vials of forest. But something like you know that big, that amount of energy just being released. What if it opened up some sort of so that's portalish area or something? When we talk about volcanoes, so we're getting on a little more of theoretical. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, speculative science. When we talk about volcanoes, the eruption, that's a lot of uh, kinetic energy. Yeah. Or went from potential kinetic explosive. There's no radiation associated with that. There's no okay. weird exotic particles associated with that. It's just the lid on the pop bottle going off. But what if that's so, enough to open to In my mind, things. that's not what's opening the things when we talk about these portal areas and stuff yeah. like that. I think it's when we start getting into the exotic particles. Like the man-made sort yeah. of... The, the the more... Yeah. Explo- rifts, Radiation. Explosion. Yeah. And more... When I say exotic particles, that means really rare stuff. Doesn't really occur in nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's when we're getting into more portal areas. I don't think a natural volcano explosion... Would do that. Could release that. Because mm-hmm. it's just it's just a lot of pressure. Right, There's right. nothing. But we don't know what the world is or how it works. I mean, you never know. No, we don't. But in my mind, portals, the, the things we're talking about, like the Mothman stuff, that is experimentation with exotic particles. Gone and certain type of the radiation. Yeah. Because that's what starts messing with uh, reality and stuff like that, you know. Right, yeah. Not, not lava or magma. Magma. And that wasn't even a big explosion. I mean... That was a very small volcanic explosion. For volcanoes, yes. That for, was very small yeah. and very weak. And actually, I have right here written in my notes the uh, one of the largest, the super volcano Toba. You ever hear about that one? Can't say that I know it. 75,000 years ago, uh, it's like the biggest... It was in Indonesia, the biggest volcano explosion that 
at least we think we know of, mm-hmm. but it was like super massive. And, uh, I think there's, there's like ash and soot all around the world from this one yeah. volcano. Yeah, we have other volcanoes like that in history I know about. But this one was like, I think the next biggest one, this one's like 10 times if yeah. even more bigger. The volcanoes, I mean, if Yellowstone were to go off today, mm-hmm. we'd die in Ohio. I think this was, w- would be similar the to... The Yellowstone in the size? Yeah. yeah, it might even be bigger than what Yellowstone could be. Yeah. Like it's, so we would die right now yeah. if Yellowstone went off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we and would. it's a 15-hour drive. That's nuts. Uh... And then anybody else passed us? We literally lay on the line. I was going to say it. Dying today and dying next week. So why would we die today? Why would it happen so quick for us? We'd be co- we'd be covered in 10, 15, 20 feet of soot. So if you weren't, you could live through that possibly? Well, I mean, you wouldn't because it's all diamond dust. True, yeah. You No, you're, you're going to die. Yeah. It, it will get through a respirator. Uh, it's hard stuff. You, you will die. And then the people past us will die because of diamond dust a week later. And the people past that will die because of the winter. So how would... Oh, the nuclear winter, basically. Basically, yeah. yeah. It's just so much shit in the atmosphere, it causes the sun to go out for... Do you... If they think Yellowstone would cause months, if not years, of Dark... winter. Yeah. And we'd die. We, uh, the whole world operates on a 90-day food supplies. Yeah, ain't that nuts? I mean, it's, it's, it's how it's got to be. There's too many of us. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think... What if that's why they built these underground cities we're finding all over the place? Man I only know past. one underground city. Oh, uh, there's the one in Turkey, Darinkuyu. Mm-hmm. That's the big one. Is that uh, one with the stab holes above the entryway? Ooh, I don't know about that. Not too sure. That's the one. It has big stone rolling doors. They yeah, I think that's the one with the stab off. holes. They found the guy found it like renovating his basement. Yes, that's the one with the stab holes. Okay, I didn't know that. So there's only one pathway in, and basically there's little trenches in the in the ceiling of the pathway in. Uh-huh. If people could be in there and stab down as you were walking past, oh. as a defense. Oh, okay. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. What if they built these things, you know, to live after a super volcano erupted? You wouldn't. If you were that close to a super volcano, you'd well, be covered in soot. I mean, if they knew one on Earth was exploding, you know, on the other side of Earth, they just knew. They built these cities or refuge. I don't know. There's not much you can do, even when you're on the other side of a planet of a super volcano. I'm just trying to think, why would they build these if things? If you don't die immediately. Yeah. The winter, you're going to wish you died. So what's more destructive, a supervolcano or an asteroid? Well, or a solar flare? The solar flare. That's the most? Yeah, it'll fry you. That fries everything with a nerve system. Unless you're underground. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't even matter. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to figure out why they built these little... All right, well, back to Bat Squatch. Yeah, okay, okay. He came from an underground city, built it himself. They excavated no, it in 1981. It's somebody's dog. Yeah, it's someone's dog, genetically modified. Just a bat dog. Yeah, it's a bat. That's common. Mm-hmm. You got any other topics? That's pretty much everything. So um, what would you rate the bat squatch? Do you think you could beat him in a fight? Yes. I do. I'm pretty confident. I like my chances. He might bite me, Yeah, that's really, me. I think where it comes down to is if he bites you or not. Whether his bite will, like, kill me, unless it has some disease or something, I, I, I will take it on. I don't care. I'll grab it wherever I can grab it. And do whatever I can to it. Yeah, bats are weird. They do have a lot of uh, weird diseases we can get from them. They're, they're one of the other groups that we do have a lot of stuff in common. Yeah. Like primates, there's a lot. Like uh, You pretty much get anything a monkey has, you probably can, can get sick from it. Right, yeah. Whether they're the same severity or not. Right. Because there's some diseases uh, some primates have that affects us that will kill them, and we're just kind of like a cold, and it's the exact opposite for some others. Right, yeah. Uh, and bats kind of have that too. I can't, re- I can't put them all off the top of my head, but there are a couple 
that are just secondary to bats. They don't care that they have them or not. And really bad news for people. Oh yeah. But uh, everybody talks about rabies. It's I don't I I don't think bats are very common to carry rabies. Yeah, I don't. I guess I've heard that before. I it's always the I think that's one of the wife's tale things. Uh, that, okay. That you know they get, they get the bad rap. When you're a kid and you live out in like where we live, uh, we, every we had, had to catch bats. Really? Yeah. To uh, see if they have rabies? No, we just could catch them. That oh, was really? all we do it all night. We catch bats. Really? See, mm-hmm. it's, you're the reason that they're endangered. People like you. No, we would no. have. Them, <laughs> Dad would rescue them from the grain elevator and bring them home and release them in our woods. Oh, that's awesome. Because there was a room they'd all get trapped in. Really? And he'd scoop them all up and bring them in a bucket and then release them into our woods. Oh, that's awesome. Kill all the bugs there. Well, yeah, that's what he brought them back for. Four. But they were going to die in that room because they couldn't get out. They right, could get yeah. in, but they couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. So I, he did, he'd bring home all kinds of bats. Bats, Those are, they're cool you creatures. You put on a welder's glove and just kind of grab them and throw them in a bucket. <laughs> I don't have the nerve. They, they creep me out too much. But so, yeah. that's been Bat Squatch. I love, I, I love the Bat Squatch. Oh, I, yeah, this oh a fun we one. forgot the one thing to bring up. Uh-oh. Do what? you remember? Uh-uh. So, Jay, if you go to our Patreon, uh, we had two facts and a fake. Uh, oh, was yeah. was our last episode on Patreon. That is my last little blurb here. And then Jay was one of his facts. So, basically, the game works. Each of us present two real cryptids and a fake cryptid we made up, and the other people got to guess which one was the fake one. One of Jay's was the Bat Squatch, and he acted like I never heard of it. And guess what was in my refrigerator? Is Bat Squatch beer. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, Jay. And Emily started laughing before I did. Yeah. Because Emily even had you called out. Like, mm, yeah. Emily knew it was real, and that's when you know you're in trouble. Yeah, that's... You I'm, didn't research good enough. No, I just saw it, and I never heard of it, and I like the name, so I'm like, I'm doing this one. All right, but I think that's I think that's pretty much been the bat squat. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love the scripted. Uh, I think so. We kind of sightings kind of tapered off. I think this individual either died or finally moved on yeah. to other hunting grounds. Maybe found a new cave. I think they're very shy in nature and generally. I think this one was just very hungry. Yeah, the one that was watching. Yeah, or trying to get the guy and the one watching the kids. I think it was just starving. I think it, that's what you know. We see it with mountain lions and stuff like that. Yeah, it happens. T- generally, the ones that attack people are the ones that are really desperate. They, or... They're really desperate. They know it's not a good chance of them getting this prey item, but they're going to do it anyway. They have to. Yeah, or they're going to die. Right. <laughs> so it's just, it just comes down to survival, and that's when animals are the most dangerous. It's when it's it's when it comes down to the you know it's you or me kind of deal. Right. Yeah. And you know. I think he either died or he moved on. I can, I would agree with that. Uh, well, I have been the mysterious Justin. I've been the infamous Jay. And we'll catch you next week with some more weirdness in the corn. Sorry, I'm trying to think of how to. We don't. We that's our worst part of this. We don't know how to end these. No, not at all. We're just kind of like, okay, we're done. Yeah, bye. Bye. All right, guys, we're done. B- You've been listening to Cryptids of the Corn. Be sure to join us in the next episode where we tantalize your intellect and expand the horizons of your mind. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay magical.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.